0: Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil and you're listening to Longbox Heroes.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 563 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Joe and Todd here. Todd, hello. How are you?
0: I'm doing fine. I'm finally cooled down and ready to do a comic book podcast. Cooled
1: down, ready to go.
0: Yep. Took a cold shower and comics. Here I come.
1: It's currently a balmy 78 degrees in the, uh, upper Northeastern Pennsylvania areas. You know, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. it's like wearing a wet blanket when you go outside.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I mentioned it on a uh, after dark this week, you know, I'm home alone, like the little boy in the movie.
0: <laughs>
1: and, uh, one of the things and I, I'm I'm in charge of the cats, you know, while my wife and my son are away. And when I get out of the shower, uh the one cat, the bad cat, comes and like, you know, if April was home, that bad cat like rubs up against her and she's like, Oh, nice kitty, blah, blah, blah. And she'll play with them, right? And I'll I'll wake up in the morning and she's like, yeah, I should be getting ready, but I'm playing with the cat instead. And I'm like, okay. Um, So he does that to me, and obviously it's a bit of a chore to dry all of this. Right. So the only thing that's worse than having a wet cat rub up against you is to have a dry cat rub up against you when you're sopping wet and covered in your own thick, disgusting hair.
0: So I thought you were going to say you were going to towel yourself off with a cat. No. Just just a little
1: cat dab here and there. Yeah. No, no cat dabs or daps here. Uh, but what we do have to talk about, Todd, is, um, the next big Robert Kirkman book that's getting launched out of, uh, Skybound X, the next big Tom King project at DC and how it interests both of us, more, more so, uh, you than me, I'd say, Mm -hmm. and, uh, who is the next comic book company to head over to Lunar Distribution, uh, increasing their roster from one to two ooh, doubling it that's right also um what could be a hopefully off the rails the rob watch segments
0: <laughs> emphasis <laughs> on the rails
1: but anyway what we got in a uh, digital sales what we've read this past week which is immortal hulk number 48 and nice house on the lake number two what we're looking forward to coming out this week Todd's art attack. Todd and Joe have issues talking about the Spider Clone Saga and Jonah Hex, and uh, spoiler-filled discussion of the latest episodes of Loki, Legends of Tomorrow, and Marvel's uh, triumphant return to the cinemas with uh, Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow.
0: Yes, a f- pack show, if you will,
1: Joe. Oh boy, no time to dilly-dally. Let's get down to business. All right. Uh, So, uh, Robert Kirkman, Jason Howard, uh, the team that did uh, Super Dinosaur all those days back at Image, are doing a new book that's going to spin out of Skybound X. Uh, Does the book itself coming out have a release date? I don't think so, Uh, but they are going to debut in the final issue of Skybound X number five. Which is, you know, the main story of Walking Dead 2000, essentially. You know, um, what the rib is that the alien invasion was real and a lot of the people that were dead are back to life. It's kind of like a goofing around version of, uh, and I say Walking Dead, it's Rick Grimes 2000 is what it's called.
0: Right, right.
1: Um, But that's where they're going to debut. I don't think that's an official date for when the book is actually coming out as mentioned. But it very much looks like... um, power rangers meets like you know they don't they don't have like spandex outfits but they all have their own colored mech outfits and maybe those mech outfits form into like some sort of other big giant mech.
0: right right um I mean, I'm, I'll give it a chance. I'm a Robert, you know, Kirkman guy. Um, the big thing that I like, though, is that the debut of this, if it gives the rub, as I, and I as I, you know, may have said before, is that uh, it has the six triggers or the six sidekicks of Trigger Keaton's uh, backup story and that. So hopefully, it'll get more eyes on that book. Uh, but otherwise, you know, like I said, I'm more a Walking Dead guy with uh, Kirkman. I've tried other stuff, but uh, we'll see. You know, hopefully, it'll grab me, but you never know.
1: Yeah, I'm getting Skybound X anyway, so if what's in there is good enough to grab me, we'll add this to the list, you know? Right, right. And the name of the book is Code. C-O-D-E. Right. All spelled out with, like, dots between the letters. (laughs) Uh, So, another book that I think um, we'll both be a little bit more excited to discuss is the Tom King, Greg Smallwood, Human Target book. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this was pitched uh, essentially as, I think, the human target is hired to be the stand-in for Lex Luthor, right? Okay. So that's what the whole deal is. Now, I know Todd was on another podcast recently where they did talk about this a little bit themselves. More on that a little bit later. But before you were on that podcast, in between here, more promotional art had come out, most specifically the big giant team shots of the Justice League International. Yes.
0: And I don't know if you know this, Joe, um, sold me immediately because there was the tease of the Justice League International hands. And I was like, that doesn't mean anything that could just be like, oh, like a backup to the book or whatever, like something that's, you know, not really, uh, part of the story. And then they're like, no, jail eyes would be a big part of the story. And I was like, "Uh Oh, and it even has my beloved Dmitri Pushkin in there. Rocket red number four. I am going to get this, but I'm cautiously optimistic, <laughs> um, because I like Tom King, but there's some stuff that he's done that I didn't like. And he didn't do a good booster gold in Batman. I E, uh, what was the crisis book that they messed up Wally in, um, you know the one I'm talking about uh, Heroes, uh, Heroes crisis. in
1: Crisis, yes.
0: And and booster and that. So I'm I'm really worried that he's gonna give them all like psychological trauma in this. And like I had a checklist. I was talking to somebody today. I have a checklist of like weird things that I'm worried like Tom King is gonna do to the Justice League International and give them quirks and ticks. Like just one, like make Dimitri like a murdering Russian spy and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know. I'm hoping he just gets it that it's you know fun that part and whatever he wants to do with the human target, make that you know you know uh very heady, but just the international, please play it straight like the way I like it.
1: I got a lot of thoughts and feelings and speculations and so forth on how this could go. But Mm -hmm. Todd, I don't know how you can't look at that Greg Smallwood art. And, you know, everyone's got their smiles on. Everyone's pulled in a face of some kind. Mm -hmm. Booster's given the finger guns, you know. And it's a nice mix of people in there because you've got Nort in there as your Green Lantern along with Guy Gardner. Batman's still on the team. So I look at this, like, group, and I'm like... I'm trying to pinpoint where in the Giffen Dematis Mattis era does this exact team take place. Right. Like, that's the things I'm thinking about. I'm going in more of the optimist. You're going in more of the pessimist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just have a good feeling when I see that group of people together, you know?
0: Right. Well, it can't be. OK, you want to you want to get into the nuance of it. I it do. Can't, it can't be too many issues. Okay, Nort didn't show up until around issue twelve, like f- maybe f- 14 or 15, the Millennium Crossover. That's where he appears. And okay. literally comes out of a out of a sewer, i.e. Norton, Ed Norton from the Honeymooners, hence the vest. And then Dimitri lost his armor somewhere around like issue 22 23, like that and then he gets the armor from apocalypse so it has to be right in that sweet spot
1: okay just just for me i hope at the very beginning the first time the justice league shows up there's the little footnote thing that says this takes place in between this issue and this issue of the justice league run
0: that's where it'll go in my box
1: yeah, <laughs> but I actually have uh, the Vertigo. Um, there was like two, I know there was like two Vertigo miniseries as is back in the day done by Peter Milligan, I think. Right. The,
0: the, oh, you mean uh, the Human Target?
1: Yeah, Human Target. Sorry.
0: No, I got you. I thought we were still on Justice League International.
1: No, listen, uh, you know, I know uh, Tom King has kind of been hit or miss a lot of the stuff. Like, I don't think Batman has hit its land, has stuck its landing um mr miracle i liked um strange adventures and batman catwoman are i think are just both books plagued by delays right sadly so uh you know we'll see how all that goes i got faith i got hope and it's just looking at that image man of the whole group together i made it I made it the backdrop on my computer. You know, that's how awesome it I'll, is.
0: I'll tell you if that's for sale, I know someone who'll take him who take a run at it.
1: Well, I know someone who might try to run you up just to be a jerk, you know?
0: Right. But I'm wondering, I think he might do digital stuff. So I don't know, but the real hurdle that I have with the human target is whether or not it'll live up to the Rick Springfield TV show. That's all I'm right.
1: going You know, uh, Jimmy Hart of the World Wrestling Entertainment uh, arguably wrote the first diss track in music history Mm -hmm. with his callback song to Jesse's Girl, Uh, Eat Your Heart Out, Rick Springfield.
0: Oh, okay. Was it about Jesse Ventura's girl?
1: No, it wasn't. You know, he calls up uh, about his girl going to the Rick Springfield concert instead of going out with him that night.
0: Oh, I'm glad Jimmy Hart did the first diss track. Did he do it through a megaphone?
1: No, but it definitely doesn't sound like we hate school either or girls Uh in cars.
0: Okay. Or crank it
1: up. (laughs) All all of other Jimmy Hart's hits.
0: (laughs) Or 17 other songs. Yeah.
1: Uh, So I do want to stand corrected from the very beginning of the show here. I said that uh, we're going to talk about the second company uh to join up the Lunar distribution ranks. It's actually the third company because it was DC1 Scout Comics number 2 and now Ahoy Comics have joined up the ranks of uh Lunar distribution starting this October. Ooh. Ahoy. Now it says that they're only signing up for their single issues. Uh trade paperbacks etc are still going to be handled through Diamond and so forth.
0: Okay. That's and- all. You know, I don't understand the business aspect of that, but OK.
1: No. So, again, I don't know if that's just because there's a deal going out um, regarding how that those are distributed. Like sometimes the trade paperbacks are solicited a little bit more in advance, you know, because this right. is starting in October. I know with the um, June solicitations that just came out recently, like the previous catalog that I have here for stuff that's coming out in August they have trade paperbacks that are coming out up to october okay so i think like because they're starting with october's books whatever they're doing with the trade paperbacks like that's like another two-month rolling thing that they got to wait on
0: right maybe with the single issues they forgot to turn a 30 day into a 90 day
1: right see that could be the other thing you know <laughs> right. like uh al black Hmm. but uh, i don't know
0: I, maybe that's it so like you're saying i have no idea
1: Right, so uh, one of the uh, – and again, I don't read a ton from Ahoy. The stuff that I do pick up from Ahoy is stuff written by Mark Russell, the uh, comic book writer, not the political songster. <laughs> um, And, you know, he had the Billionaire Island book, and then he had Second Coming, which was a book that was actually supposed to come out through DC. Now – DC's sole distributor is going to be releasing the Ahoy book that DC didn't want to <laughs> publish. So I don't know if that causes like some sort of like conflict of interest things or it's such at, like a high level. They don't even notice or care at this point.
0: I have a feeling they don't notice or care.
1: That right, ain't I know, Don't worry about it. Right. I know the second coming sequel has been much delayed. Um, yes. We, we were tipped off by someone allegedly in the know <laughs> saying that the book was canceled. So I just straight up tweeted at Mark Russell. I'm like, hey, big fan, Gagea, um, what's going on with this book? And he's like, oh, yeah, everything just kind of got resolicited. Like two is now where five is and three is where six is. Everything's coming out. Thank you very much. And I moved on. Yep. Ask not for whom the Rob trolls. The Rob trolls for thee. And now, the Rob Watch. And now that can only mean one thing, Todd. So this weekend, as part of uh, Skybound's big anniversary, uh, they're having the Skybound Expo, spelled incorrectly, X-P-O, where they're going to be doing a bunch of virtual stuff. Uh, Most notably, being part of all these virtual discussions, signings, etc., is going to be Robert Kirkman, of course and the rob uh wait a minute this weekend uh yeah according to the skybound website it says uh taking place on their youtube and twitch channels july 17th and 18th is but the
0: the rob's doing big apple con this weekend
1: (laughs) will todd uh you know i had that in my convention notes that the rob was going to be doing big apple con jim lee is going to be there as well of course
0: no, he's um, going to be there in September. That's you're mixing up two cons. But anyway. Oh, I am. Yeah, there's a September con. This is just a smaller one.
1: Huh? Why did
0: they? If you go to the guests, they do a terrible job on their website. They have all the guests on one page, but the Jim Lee, I believe, is a September guest.
1: Uh, see, Todd, I don't like this.
0: I'm with you. It threw me off too when I was explaining who's going to be there uh-huh. with the you know.
1: So. Again, as Todd mentioned, I agree, they do a terrible job on their website. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Rob was the big guest, uh, and even the night before the convention, uh, there was going to be a unique opportunity, mm-hmm. there's that word, right? to meet the Rob in a relaxed and exciting atmosphere. How could it be both relaxed and exciting? Anyway uh with a very limited audience, max thir- thirty people in mm-hmm. the sky lounge of the New Yorker Hotel overlooking New york city right um also as part of this uh new york uh the rob will offer his views about the comic world and entertain questions from guests. He will sign two autographs per person. And is also offering two exclusive cover variants to each guest: X Men Number One and Nerdy Thirty Number One. Refreshments will be served. Ooh, uh, nice. So I guess that's canceled as well, since he's not going to be at the convention.
0: Uh, I guess, and that was only three hundred and fifty dollars with eighteen dollars and fifty cents uh, shipping and handling fee, apparently. Um, well,
1: the the, the eighteen fifty is the vig for. The New Yorker Hotel. I don't think the Rob is getting, uh, uh, you know, he, he's. I'm sure he's getting that full thirteen, uh, three hundred fifty dollars. And again, hang on, let me do my gazintas here. Three hundred fifty dollars, thirty people. That was ten grand. The Rob's leaving on the table. What gives, Todd?
0: Um, I have a weird feeling, Joe. He didn't get thirty people. I well, think yeah, he didn't.
1: Well, you know what, Todd? Twenty-five people. That's even more intimate and more relaxed, right? I think it was
0: way more intimate than that, Joe.
1: Uh 20 people?
0: Um, I think maybe. It's just a smaller niche group than that.
1: Now, see, what I was... Okay, so what I was going to do was, there's a scam that you could do on a lot of these, like, uh, sites, you know? Mm-hmm. Where if you want to see the stock of something, just to, like, make fun of them, it's like, oh, man, I can't believe they have, like, 800... Cody Rhodes micro brawlers left right and the reason I do that is is I go and I try to add 100 to my cart and I can 200, 300, 400 I get to 800 and it won't let me it says there's not enough stock I'm like okay so let's do 750 now let me do 750 so I'm like I know we're in between 750 and 800 I was going to go to see if I could add all 30 to my cart
0: but Mm -hmm. it only lets you
1: do three at a time
0: oh well buy them all and then ask for a refund let
1: me see hang on just a second right right Oh my God. Hang on. I want to see if I can add three more. <laughs> I want to see if I can add. Oh, OK. There's a maximum of three tickets per person.
0: Oh, yeah. You don't want right. you want that opportunity spread out. Not you don't want somebody hogging that opportunity.
1: So, Todd, are you saying that the Rob may have priced himself out of the market overlooking New York City at three hundred fifty dollars a clip? I think
0: he may have, even though refreshments were included.
1: Uh, What sort of refreshments, I ask.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. But, Joe, is he doing something later this month, too, in Arizona?
1: Well, uh, so next weekend, Todd... Uh, The Rob makes his uh, triumphant return to Arizona for the first time in seven years at Fantastic World. And uh, here you can get a VIP pack, uh, a a VIP Fantastic Super Pack, if you will, Uh, Four signed comics, priority status, photo opportunity. There's that word again. (laughs) The Fantastic World comic super pack is the way to go for our signing event saturday uh scottsdale arizona you are in the priority vip group and will receive two exclusive deadpool venom deadpool venom pool variant covers a snake eyes number one variant and the shop exclusive deadpool nerdy 30 variant separately these signed comics would have cost Two hundred dollars. No, you charge two hundred dollars for them. I don't think anyone would pay for them. A savings of sixty dollars as part of the Emerald City Super Pack, plus a free photo op. An op is short for something, Todd. What's op short?
0: Uh, Eek or op op op. I think it is from the Jetsons.
1: No, I think it's short for opportunity. Oh, that's right. Right. <laughs> best deal, best value, and that's only hundred and forty dollars. Um, So, Todd, are you are you intimating that the Rob sets these prices and when they don't sell, he just cancels the appearance?
0: I would never say that, but I would heavily imply it. Joe.
1: (sighs) I was looking forward to that. I wonder. Well, oh, boy. Well, you know what? We'll get into it when we get there. Um, But listen, I would have done the. I would have went for the the meet and greet on the New
0: Yorker with you. Me and you. Oh, yeah. Maybe it would have been a real intimate thing. We could have done a podcast with him. Oh, with refreshments. It would have been fantastic. But he probably has a book that he has to make late somehow, and he can't make it to this comic. Oh, goodness.
1: <laughs> well, Todd, there is another uh, convention this weekend. I would say comic adjacent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this weekend, the 17th and 18th, is Comic Palooza in Houston, Texas. Uh, all sorts of media guests are there. Danny Trejo, uh, Ron Perlman, Carl Weathers, Giancarlo Esposito. Okay. Uh, who's a name everyone should know. Uh, Dominic Purcell. Get your picture taken next to him with a tiny hat. Right. Uh, comic book folks uh, like Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman are going to be there. Uh, but from the world of sports and entertainment, uh, Christian Cage... Uh, brother uh, from TV shows such as Haven and Murdoch Mysteries. Okay. <laughs> and Britt Baker, uh, she's a wrestling dentist, are going to be there.
0: Is she related to Dr. Isaac Yankum?
1: Uh, that should have been her deal, right? Right. And I just want to double check to see what their, because uh, we might've had conversations uh, off air about this sort of thing.
0: We do have conversations.
1: We do. Uh, So autograph 40 bucks, photo op 50 bucks for Britt Baker and same price for Christian. Mm. Oh, okay. I know Christian's been on a WrestleMania. Uh, I don't know. That's a pretty good deal either way for them, I guess. Uh, But if you're in the Houston area, you want to check that out, I say go for it, you know.
0: Well, maybe when you meet Britt Baker, she checks out your teeth, too.
1: Mm, I think that's extra. That's not included in the prize pack or the uh, the, whatever pack it is.
0: You get the Britt Baker tooth opportunity? (sighs)
1: She'll give you the lockjaw. That's her finishing maneuver.
0: Oh, she has a big dog that teleports? No. Okay, which would be awesome, by the way.
1: It would be awesome. Uh, but links to all of this nonsense and shenanigans <laughs> will be in the show notes with this episode, uh, along with information about soon-to-be-named network, soon-to-be-named network.com, soon-to-be-named com. Anytime any of the shows in the network go up, you could find them there, whether it be this show, Longbox Heroes After Dark, At Odds with Wrestling, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, We Need Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, Porch Talk, or if any one from these shows show up on any other shows, you could find it there as well. Not unlike Todd's appearance on Fortress of Comic News this past week uh, with Chris Runt, uh, who we mention all the time here. He has his uh, comic book uh, Battle Monsters available up on Zoology. Like I said, that's linked up in the show notes as well. Um, Todd, you did, a, you did a good job on the show. Well, if I get the thumbs
0: up from you, I know I did then because That's you're right. mr thirty seven podcast, so
1: <laughs> i don't listen to them in a row, but it's a lot more than that actually,
0: and on them too, so i take yes. i take i I value your input on this stuff, but yeah, it was fun um i was I was called in at the last minute, obviously it was even before we it was after the last show we did. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go in i 'll talk some comics. I have some knowledge. <laughs> I dropped it, so it was all good. I dropped some knowledge.
1: And I watched the uh, video element of it, and uh, if not unlike you and I, uh, have our opportunity where we're gonna go to conventions, and not unlike Gallagher and Gallagher two, but <laughs> advertise ourselves as the guy who says Navy Seals from Clerks.
0: <laughs> right.
1: If if uh, Chris was a uh, uh, an unscrupulous individual like you and I, he could probably get away with telling people that he's Michael Rosenbaum from uh, Smallville and other James Gunn ventures and maybe get away with it. Do you know why
0: I wasn't on video, Joe? I'll tell you the truth. All right. I, I can't be on video with somebody who's wearing an
1: Eagles hat. I just can't do it.
0: <laughs> I just can't do it, man. I told them that before we started recording, too.
1: He said, take your hat off or I'm leaving. And he said, well, I can't take my hat off. And He's like, well, I'm not going to leave. You called my bluff. Let's go. <laughs> That's right. Let's do it. So other stuff, of course, to mention, uh, Kevin Hellion's Masked Library, uh, he does his blogs about, uh, some more indie stuff, more Kickstarter-y stuff, a lot of the stuff off the beaten path that we don't cover here, I don't think he's done a new video in a little bit, uh, just because his house is still under a remodel, uh, nearing the third month of the week that it was gonna take. (laughs) Rick Williams, The Chop Shop over at FreeKarateChops.StoreNV.com. All the cool resin and glow in the dark, uh, sci-fi fantasy and wrestling stuff that he does. Uh, check out Jason Sandberg's Jupiter over at Comicsology as well. Check out our comic book shop, Comics on the Green, on Facebook. Uh, They do a bang-up subscription service, whether you're going to pick your books up in person or you want them mail-ordered to you because you don't got a good comic book shop in your area or a comic book shop in your area, period. Go check them out, and you may even get a fun sketch from our very own Becky on there. You can go check out the commissions and sketches and all the sorts of stuff that she does on her social media, which is also linked up here in the show post as well. Right. Right. So uh, some of the digital sales that are going on uh, this week, some holdovers from last week, of course, Black Widow stuff still on sale. Uh, Dynamite has John Carter and Deja Thoris on sale. That was the uh, uh, other show title that I forgot from last week.
0: Right? What did I say? Uh, De- where
1: I said Deja Thoris, and I said, did I say that correctly? And you're like deja vu or something.
0: Right. Right. Comedy right. gold. I know.
1: Right, and we left it on the table.
0: It was so good you forgot it. It right. gave you
1: amnesia. I'm doing a better job. I have my I have a different notebook that's all like half filled that I do all my notes for uh, the stuff that I watch and the stuff that I read and everything. Because mm-hmm. if I type it out, like somebody was like, "Oh, a Word Pad," or like someone's like, "Oh, you probably do your notes in Word," or oh. like a shared Google Doc. I'm like, no, I'm writing on like a spiral notebook. Can you right. hear that?
0: Yeah, words is a whole different thing with you.
1: Right. Where's his cameo? Anyway. <laughs> uh, so new stuff added. Uh, Marvel uh, having a sale on or 6 related stuff for Spider-Man. And right off the rip in this sale, the very first thing there is uh, the first six issues in like a collection of the Dan Slot Superior Spider-Man run for three bucks. Wow. Uh, one of my favorite stories of more recent Spider-Man history for three bucks. It's worth it at like full price. But it's on sale. Uh, Marvel's also having a sale on Uncanny X Men stuff. I guess there's some sort of big X Men thing that happened this week. I don't know. The X Men world is scary and foreign to me, and I I I stay away from it. You just hate muties.
0: Well, I'm
1: indifferent about muties. I wouldn't. I, I I would help one up if he was knocked down. I definitely wouldn't step over them. You know.
0: Oh, okay, not stepped on mutie either. No, no.
1: <laughs> um. Dark Horse has a Welcome to the Jungle sale. I think it's uh, because Guns N' Roses are going on concert this summer. I'm not really clear on that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, DC having a sale on Superman stuff. And IDW having a sale on just assorted graphic novels. And as I look at that Superman sale, I got to look. Is it included?
0: With the Superman sale? What could be included? Uh I I was going to say, I know your Batman's always Batman Year One.
1: It is uh, included in the sale. You know, sometimes these things get a little deep and you got to go digging for them. Uh, the Emperor Joker storyline from Superman, uh, ah. written by Jeff Loeb, art by Ed McGinnis. Um It consists of uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff Loeb, uh, Joe Kelly, Doug Monkey art in there as well. So it's a it's a bang up art team. It's a bang up writing team. It's two four. Six, eight, nine issues all collected. You can get it on sale this week for six bucks. And it's a really good Superman story. And it incorporates like all Batman stuff in there and a surprise mystery villain and all this other stuff. Uh, it's a less talked about uh, Superman story from the, you know, early 2000s or whatever. So I, that's my recommendation this week. Uh, even You know what, I'll say even more so than that Superior Spider-Man thing.
0: Ooh, wow how do you like
1: that yeah yeah as much as i like that as much as i like that superior spider-man thing i have a feeling that that's going to come around the uh the the hopper to be on sale again uh and again and again and again but that emperor joker one i think is a little bit more special if you will
0: right i got you bold statement
1: indeed uh so yeah all the links to that will be in the show notes here as well uh let's get into what we've read from this past week and todd i will turn it over to you to begin
0: Right, <clears throat> which I'm going to start with The Nice House on the Lake, number two by Written by James Tinian IV Art by Alvaro Martinez Bueno Um, This picks up after last issue Where uh, Walter, who's this mysterious being Who has powers, has left these people To live in this nice house on the lake After his, as quote-unquote people Have brought about the apocalypse in the world And uh, where, you know we're a little past what what happened at the end where, where somebody got hurt from Walter att- attacking her and everything, and we see that this story is going to be told from the point of view of the pianist. All the characters get code names throughout this, and it's uh the pianist is pianist is discussing how he looked at Walter differently than the first person where he was like, he always trusted Walter and he was the person he wished was, you know, with him whenever he he was struggling. And it shows how they kind of had, you know, uh, a friendship. And it's a different take on Walter because different people see different uh, ways. And Walter comes to see him and basically is like, I need you because, you're the one who's going to have to help set the normalcy to make this work. I have a plan. And while this is going on, the people are like studying where they are and everything. And they end up finding something that I like in the story. Basically it's unexplained how it works, but shows them that the world really did. The apocalypse really did happen. Um, they touch this thing and it gives them visions. And I, once again, this, I'm not going to go into as deep as I did the first issue, um, but I uh, I love this issue. I love the fact that Walter hasn't changed his look back to normal after that person attacked him with the poker. So his visual is really cool, and I want to understand what his plan is, whether or not he's studying people or playing them off one another. I'm not 100% sure, but I like it. And there's some other like little things that pop up here and there but i do believe i'm right that each issue is going to be told from a perspective of each of the the people and we're not like the first the person in the first issue isn't the protagonist it's she she's not even she's barely even like she's in the background has a few lines in this one so i think we're going to keep going like that through all 12 issues but i this is my this is rocketing up uh, the list of my favorite books this year
1: yeah, so uh, it's a real good book. It's a dense book, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Um, it's just that there's a lot of information that it gives you, and I know I mentioned it when we spoke about it the first issue. When a book, re- and I don't want I I hate to say relies, but does that stuff where they give you like these big text pieces to read. Mm-hmm. Even right off the beginning in that first issue, it's kind of given you the 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 prompt that you have to read those that those are important those are crucial Uh, a lot of times i think people are like i'll skip this you know Mm -hmm. but there's so much information in there there's so many clues and obviously the mystery that we the readers don't even know but obviously we're seeing a little bit more than everyone else is seeing Mm -hmm. um and i also have to give this book credit because in this issue they actually say the words twitter and facebook as opposed mm-hmm. to some sort of like knockoff version of it that's like the sound-alike version of it or something, you know?
0: No, I get you. I get you. Yeah. But I like I said and even things like I don't want to give too much weight like they end up finding like somebody finds a little room that has stuff hanging on the wall and you're like, I wonder how that's going to come into play. You know what I mean? Like and there's just a lot of stuff. I'm with you. And the the like the transcripts. I'm like, why is there transcripts of the day, like, where do they come from and everything? It's like, I'm hoping, like, all this, like, these get answers. And I I feel they will, but we have 10 more issues to go. Is it 12 issues? I thought it was a 10-issue deal. No, that's where my thing comes in that one, because there's 10, there's 10 uh, symbols on the, on the front. I believe one of them is going to be Walter is going to get from his point of view. And then I be- remember I was saying that there was one person who didn't make it. Who they mention a lot in a different code name I think that person Is going to show up And I even remembered it in my head You were last week You were like, well, how does they show up? They're trapped I'm like, the book started And I was thinking about it So the book started with the last person showing up So that person could have gotten there first And something horrible could have happened
1: to them That's a good point But I liked all all the little touches How there's the invisible wall around them That they can't get out Mm Mm-hmm uh how there's the library that's stocked with a whole bunch of like vertigo trades and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, stuff like that is really fun. Uh with this book in <laughs> a book about, you know, a horrible dystopia that's probably caused by some sort of demon or alien or something, you know? Can't wait for
0: the HBO Max series.
1: Ugh. Well, hopefully DC doesn't fumble the ball like it goes to, you know, like Hulu or something because they're like, I don't know what happened.
0: Netflix, here we come.
1: Yeah. Well, Sandman's on Netflix. Why is Sandman not on HBO Max, right?
0: That I don't understand because it's a black label book, not a Vertigo book anymore.
1: Yeah. Uh, So the other book I think that we both read was Immortal Hulk number 48. Yes. Okay. Uh, So we could talk about it because the big cliffhanger from 47 uh, was that uh, Joe Fix-It in the Hulk body and Betty... As The big hulking out harpy are now a couple
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And this issue Is an examination Mostly an examination of their relationship But also It's an examination of the relationships Of everyone else that's trying to assist The Hulk, specifically uh, She-Hulk And the fact that she's attempting To help the Hulk and his band of misfits But really she's just kind of tipping The Avengers off to where they're going Right Um, but at the end of this issue, there, you know, this is an issue where there's not as much Hulk smashing going on, Mm -hmm. but it's more so the relationship of Bruce and Betty without Bruce being around.
0: That's, Uh, oh, go ahead, sorry.
1: Yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
0: No, that's the biggest thing I took away from it because it wasn't Bruce and Betty, you know, in a relationship having, you know, intimacy. Mm -hmm. It was... Joe fix it slash Hulk. And she even says like, he's like, no, no, you love Bruce. And she's like, well, you're a part of him, And I'm thinking to myself, like after last issue where they kiss and everything, Like, and I, it's in a book where a man, you know, due to radiation turns into a monster. It's like, are are they the same person? Is it? And I don't want to say cheating. You get what I'm saying. Like that. It's not Bruce. It's Joe. It's, it's a weird dynamic. And she's like, I love all of you. And it's a new and interesting take on it to me.
1: It's, it's a way that the Hulk through this run has been able to splinter and fragment all these different aspects of who the Hulk is into separate people. Mm -hmm. And it's this issue, this conversation with Betty, where I think the Hulk finally realizes that all of these different aspects of him are him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we get that big thing at the end. It's like, we're, you know, we're going to go to wherever uh, Bruce is and we're going to save him. Right. like that's the new plan
0: yep with two yep. issues to go <laughs>
1: with two issues to go and i'm like i'm excited uh I, this this like this issue was so good and essentially the entire thing was people sitting around talking
0: i 100 percent agree this should not be that good with two issues to go after a 50 <laughs> issue run of like you said just like hey um, we've been, you know, we've maybe, uh, what's the word from that vi- that dating game, like whoopee. they made some whoopie. And now, um, it's like, here, we're going to have a discussion while other people are on the couch playing video game. I'm like, but still having a discussion. I'm like, this is all fascinating. I should be bored to tears, but now I want what's going to be the knockdown drag out in the next issue, probably. And then the the final issue, which like lays everything to rest.
1: So Under normal circumstances, so my, and again, I I don't uh, think that uh, Al Ewing and Joe Bennett aren't going to be able to stick to landing on this, but this issue feels so much like this is the end of the last, this is the end of the second to last trade as we roll into the next, to the the last trade, and we got six plus more issues left to go. We only got two. Right. (laughs) So like, oh boy, we got a lot, we got a lot to do in only two issues.
0: Yeah. But you know what? That last issue will be a nine ninety nine fifty 50 ish number issue. So don't you worry, there'll be plenty in that final issue.
1: Yeah. It's going to be, so let's say there's three issues left. How about that?
0: I'm going to say four.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Imagine, imagine if they managed, if they managed to make 49 somehow legacy numbering. Oh my God. We could have three trade paperbacks left.
1: Just out of those two issues, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but, yeah, so those were both really good this week. Uh, let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, if you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday at noon, we put up the pull post, which is a link to a link to all the other books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them in trade, whether you get them shipped to your home, however it is that you get your books, before forewarned, before armed. know what's coming out this week. I thought I was getting a lot of books this week until I saw what Todd was getting this week.
0: Oh, a lot of four ninety
1: nine, five ninety nine, and again, I, I, how are like annuals and stuff like that trickling over into this week? Aren't those supposed to come out on fifth week months, like two weeks ago?
0: I think Flash Annual is late.
1: So. Oh boy! So I'm looking at your list. Oh, uh, Todd and I attempt to guess what the others <laughs> most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, I'm currently in the lead with one correct guess over Todd, and as I look at Todd's list. I think the book that he is most looking forward to coming out this week is Six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton number 2.
0: It is the Six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton number 2. I'm looking over your list, Joe, and I'm going to mess this up. Uh is the book you're looking forward to most, Thor 15 coming back?
1: No. Six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton. Six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton. That's what I said, Joe. I I I I I don't want to help you. I was gonna say, don't overthink it. You should have said that. No, I can't. I can't give you help. I I can only give you. I can only show you the cards that I have, and you have to pick the right one.
0: Oh, you're a. I think you're doing a lot of sleight of hand on me, Joe.
1: Oh, listen, I'll show. Listen, I oh, I keep forgetting to do the screen share gimmick with you, but I can show you that that's what I had. As no, my, you've uh, changed it already. You've changed uh-huh. it already. So I mentioned in the poll post that I'm making a big decision this week, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So much like my co-host over on Adults with Wrestling, uh, Vansky, (laughs) uh, we are both uh, Amazing Spider-Man fans, but we are also very behind on Amazing Spider-Man. So all the stuff that I'm currently behind on Amazing Spider-Man with is just going to get put in the box, and we're just going to pick things up at Sinister War and hope for the best.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Yep. Riding it into Ben Riley, huh? Riding it right in. Cause uh I, I when I was on Pod Van Dam a couple weeks ago, uh Jonas, one of the co-hosts, said asked me about getting into Spider-Man, and I said, Hey, there's this big storyline coming up. It's supposed to be a jumping on point. It's supposed to be the wrap-up of like the current writer leading into the new writing team and everything else that's coming on. So if this isn't a way to hop onto a book, nothing is. And like I said, I look at how far behind I am in amazing Spider-Man and I'm like I'm never going to get caught up. I just need to dive in. And I like Spider-Man. I haven't been reading it in a while because it doesn't cross over. But uh, Sinister War, we're diving in. I kind of sort of know what's going on, you know, just through osmosis with my Spidey senses.
0: There's going to be a war involving the fourth best, you know, comic book rogues gallery.
1: Fourth best?
0: Sure. It goes Flash.
1: Second best.
0: It goes Flash, Batman, everybody else, Spider-Man
1: wow oh my god (laughs) right that's new just to try to tweak me but it's not gonna work i tell you what so uh that's just todd trying to get a rise out of me while you're over at longboxheroes.com be sure to check out all the other stuff that todd and i have done together whether it be past episodes of this show past episodes of longbox heroes after dark or the smash hit sensation todd and joe have Issues. This year, we are tackling Jonah Hex, run by Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray from the mid 2000s, and the maybe trying to right the ship, uh, much maligned spider clone saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this week, my assignment was uh, Jonah Hex number 36. This more or less is Jonah Hex versus racism.
0: Yep. Maybe the explanation uh, of why he wears his uniform.
1: Yes, and the explanation as to why Jonah Hex still wears a uh, Southern Confederate Civil War uniform, right? hmm Now, the narrative device for this issue is, I guess, maybe like a scholar who's investigating or giving a thesis on Jonah's life. Right which I think is was better handled than some of the other narrative devices that we've seen before where we get like the the kid who grows up to be the writer or other issue other times like that through this run I don't think those worked as well I think this one worked very well
0: I think the reason and I agree with you I think the reason is that is because each of the other ones put their own stamp or flair on things like yes one was a writer and he was more like eloquent and for a book that's about people a guy who just kills somebody and and i get what you're saying where this was more of a thesis more of a this is factual this is like if i was giving a class so it doesn't muddle itself up with like like descriptives and stuff like that uh, so it works much much better
1: Right. And some would say because it's presented in such a way, we, the reader, can almost take this presented in a factual manner as factual in regards to this instance of Jonah's life. Okay,
0: it's the reason I think he does. I
1: as the fan, I'm like, yep, I agree. Right. They make a compelling case and we'll get there. Um, So Jonah essentially is riding through the swamp, comes upon a woman. Uh, A black woman who gets startled, of course, because it's the 1800s. And I want to just say this, okay? I'm not going to do the research on this because I I don't want to get put on a bunch of lists, you know? Mm -hmm. So the issue starts off, and it says, 1866, Pulaski, Tennessee, birthplace of the Ku Klux Klan. Now, I want to say this. I've traveled through the South before, and there's lots of little towns under Virginia and above Florida— that all claim to be the birthplace of the Ku Klux Klan. Yep. I wouldn't be so proud that that's your claim to fame as a town.
0: Well, that's a different, you know, different thinking, Joe. Uh, I'm
1: just, I, you know, maybe put that on another, you know, sign somewhere else, you know?
0: Right. But I just Not want to say. Not the one that
1: welcomes people into the town.
0: I just want to say, because you mentioned the year, this is him uh, a year after the war coming mm. home um after being uh a lot of different things that we've seen in his past like remember when he got the scar and he was beat up uh by the Confederate, like down south his kind of his origin and stuff like that so we're seeing him he's like he's not wearing it he's literally at this time he's wearing it because he has nothing else to get home in and then you know because of this story kind of a deal i think that explains why he wears it all the time i just wanted to throw that out there
1: okay So, as I mentioned, Jonah comes upon this woman in the swamp. She's startled, of course. um, As she tries to get away from Jonah, she slips and falls. Jonah tries to save her. And again, he throws her a lasso, maybe a noose, okay? Doesn't look good for Jonah. If you don't know Jonah like we do after these 36 issues, you know, he attempts to save the woman, resuscitate the woman, and then the people that she's with, come upon jonah he tries to explain what's going on they don't want to hear anything of it they just see a guy in a confederate outfit with a dead black woman in his ha- in his hands and of course they think the worse they're gonna string him up they're gonna you know take the uniform off him. they're gonna kill him and then they are intercepted by a group of would-be clansfolk, folk the people that are say later in the issue that like Oh, our brother here in the Confederacy outfit, you know, the gray outfit doesn't send the symbolism that we want. We're thinking of something more of a white to start shocking people into, you know, what we want and what our beliefs are and everything else like that, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Jonah essentially tells them to take their beliefs and stick it, takes them all down except for one, drags him back to the swamp and makes him dig, as the title right on the cover of the book says... Seven holes, six feet deep to bury the people that he that these guys killed.
0: Right.
1: And in the uh, closing bits here from the uh, narrator, right, I I do want to read these. I'm going to steal your thunder on this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Having studied the life and death of Jonah Hex, it is this author's opinion that the notorious gunman whose bloody exploits have marked him as one of the most infamous figures in the American West harbored no distinct hatred for men of color. His instance on wearing the Confederate uniform until the day of his death in 1904 stands as a symbol of personal shame, a cross to bear, for he knew that anyone who saw the gray colors would greet him with hatred and revulsion. Those who saw the gray coat and extended their hand in friendship and the recognition of an idea which promoted the subjugation of another race did so at their own peril. And to the subject of racism, Jonah Hex was a man composed of hatred. Anger flowed through his veins in such quantity that no one knows the extent to which his tortured soul rallied against the world. His destination of his fellow man was not solely focused on a specific race or color or creed. Jonah Hex loathed every human soul with equal enthusiasm. As many man, woman, child knows he had no friends, Jonah Hex. But he did have two companions. One was death itself. The other, the acidic smoke. The acidic smell of gun smoke. The end. Yep. What an issue. This is a great issue.
0: I I love it. And there's some explanation of, like in here, that um, because he was a a slave to the Apache, he didn't fight for the South because he believed in what they believed in. He kind of fought for them because they were the ones who found him and emancipated them kind of a deal. So it's like, and then when he realized it, we may go into it later. Like he was against what this, when he saw what the South was doing, he kind of walked away. And there's even a mention of the, the fort, the massacre and everything that kind of has something to do with that. We may see a little bit of that coming up, but I love it. It gives it a real good reason why he has it, and then the bit that you read at the end about the acrid smell of gun smoke, like that was the opening for every Jonah Hex comic in the '70s. Oh really?:
1: that was,
0: Yeah, that was the opening line was uh, he had no friends, Jonah Hex, but he did have two companions. One was death itself, and the other the acrid smell of gun smoke. The, I, I knew that by heart, every issue. They've done it like once or twice this one, so I like it has more of effect using it here than if they had punched it home at the beginning of, like, a la, I'm Wally West, the fastest man alive kind of a deal, you know? So I'm glad you like this issue.
1: Oh, yeah. Now I turn things over to you.
0: Oh, okay. So my issue is Spider-Man Maximum Clonage Alpha, um, which starts out in Springville, Pennsylvania, with uh, the uh, great-named character Spider Side and the Jackal releasing... Uh, I guess it was at the carrion virus, but a virus either way um, that he's using to that wipes out the town because he's devised it to uh, kill everybody, leaving just us clones. Um, Boy, I hope that tells me which one's the real one, Peter or Ben. Um, But uh, in the course of that, somebody actually survives it. Someone who has a side of their head shaved, I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, going on, we get to see how we got to this point through Peter, Ben and Mary's eyes consecutively, just giving the overall uh, story. I'm not going through all of it again, because we've been doing it all these, you know, issues about Aunt May, about, you know, who's the clone going back and forth on it, the Jackal. Um, so while that's going on, Peter and Ben ends up going to see MJ and MJ's like, you, you know, you're. You can't stay here. This is Peter's life. Everything was fine until you showed up. And he's like, nah, I don't want Peter's life. I understand what it was like to be on the outs, he goes, but uh, I want to kind of help him through it. I want to go find him. Uh, While this is going on, uh, some uh, uh, government group goes in to find out what happened to that small town, um, like, you know, in hazmat suits and everything. And they end up sending in the new warriors because there was a uh, virus, I guess. Was this the thing that spider side went off to get?
1: Like, yeah. So the- I didn't give you the new, cause again, there's thousands of issues of the spider clone saga. I had to make the cuts. I looked to see that like, this was essentially just a way to get the new warriors into this because new warriors end up being one of the books. Like, remember we've talked about this before talking about the spider clone stuff. Where there was the different editorial offices at Marvel. Right. You know, there's the there's here's the Avengers people, here's the X people, here's the Marvel Edge people, and new warriors get folded into Spider-Man. And this is the beginning of how they get folded into Spider-Man.
0: Okay. Um, so yeah, so they basically say go look into that because it relates to something in that book that you said. And uh well, yeah, spider, at-
1: so Spider-Side breaks into a uh lab to steal the last thing that, uh, a Jackal needs to make his carrion virus, uh, variant. Fair and the new warriors try to stop him and they fail.
0: Of course. Cause they're the new warriors. Um, but, uh, back to Ben and MJ, the, uh, a postcard shows up from the town that, uh, was nuked by the virus. And it says, wish you could have been here. Um, while well, this is going on, Kane's having, he's, he's, you know, uh, under lock and key from the last couple issues, being taken to prison, and he ends up having another vision of MJ being killed. So out he breaks. Um, the government people have found the guy who had survived uh, the um, what do you want to call it the virus, and Spider Side is going to get him too. So there's a big brouhaha between Ben, uh, Spider Side, the New Warriors, that character. Who, uh, who, uh, who's who's power? Who got powers? I guess from the virus. Um, ben uh, Peter ends up uh, thinking that he might he might want to run while all this is going on. He's going to take all his money, but he ends up going. Nah, I'm not going to do it. He ends up putting on the Spider-Man suit. Uh, more fighting between all the 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 groups. Like I said. There's something going on too with the side thing of the Punisher. I don't know if that's going to pop up later. Uh, yeah, I'm sure being... the
1: Punisher just shows up. You know.
0: Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to see just there's like, a big
1: giant crossover. Why not have the Punisher show up? You know.
0: Right. Um, Spider Man ends up finding out uh, about what's going on. He go no. He goes to the Empire State Building um, to think about things because that was the last place he had a good talk with Aunt May and the Jackal shows up and he ends up making him an offer. Uh, and, and whether or not Peter's going to take, he's like, take, take, come by my side, you know, kind of a, we, with, we could bring the world to perfection through genetic cloning. What hell, what else have you got? And Peter actually takes his hand. So Peter's evil now, Joe, Peter, Peter's evil. So, <sighs> I don't know it's it this wasn't a you, you know what you take away like each issue we have to do the convoluted recap which gets more and more boring each time because you know I'm reading it weekly but like this wasn't the worst issue but once again it's like I, I you know it was okay let's put it that way
1: uh so it's a big double-sized issue but so much of the issue is like recap stuff right Uh, As I mentioned, with Sinister War, I'm going to start there and hope for the best. I think they, Marvel, Editorial, whomever, were probably under like, oh man, maximum clonage. The Spider-Clone stuff is hot. There's going to be a great jumping on point. It's got an acetate cover. All the things that people love in 1996. So we're going to need to catch them up. And it's like, oh boy, a third of this double-page issue is just catching people up to what's going on, right? Mm Hmm. Um, Oh, did you mention that Kane just like breaks out of jail?
0: Yeah. I'm sorry. That was one of them that. Okay. Because it was
1: like it was like Kane's like, oh, the visions are becoming more, uh, more strong. I fear Mary Jane's life is in even more grave danger than it's been for the last, you know, however many issues we've been doing this. Nuts to these giant metal restraints that I'm in. Bah! I'm gonna go stop. Well, that's
0: because he's even more powerful than Peter. He's super clone.
1: I guess I don't know.
0: I'm with you. I'm I'm trying, Joe. I'm trying. Yeah. I don't do. A, I'm only. I can only work with what I got, Joe. Okay.
1: Todd, it's kind of like this Spider Clone saga might be a little silly, huh? <laughs> I don't know.
0: I think it's dead. I think it's as deadly serious as a heart attack at this oh, point, my Joe. Goodness.
1: Well, to you, maybe, but... Uh, well,
0: I, I know what one's like, anyway.
1: Anyway. Uh, so, next week, we have Jonah Hex number 37 and uh, two issues, Amazing Spider-Man... Uh, I'm sorry, Web of Spider-Man 127 and Amazing Spider-Man 404. I really was hoping that the framing books would be written by any... Uh, by J.M. DeMatties, as opposed to anyone but J.M. DeMatties, oh, to at least okay. attempt to give this some some structure but alas not to be had
0: All Right, i always love when you say i get two issues joe
1: like a treat. <laughs> what are you like do those t-
0: <laughs> two desserts
1: so this is more of a dessert todd um oh you know what hang on we got a uh uh any art attacks we have a
0: live one coming out right now
1: Uh-oh. um oh we got a live one here
0: oh okay batman great movie Um, I don't know if you could see it if you're going to look from my regular account. Um, This came today, page 12 from issue 35 of Jonah Hex by J.H. Williams III. It has one of my all-time favorite panels of Jonah wiping away food from his scar. Never saw an artist deal with this scar in that manner before. So cool. So after last week. Uh, I decided to tool around and found that that page that I talked and loved so much was on J.H. Williams' actual website for sale, Joe. Hey, now. Isn't that great?
1: Uh, yeah, that's that's super cool. I mean, I'm
0: glad I played that up last week so I could show it off this week, Joe.
1: And that is, uh, as I'm looking at this here, uh, I love seeing pages on the official paper. Oh yeah, it has the D, the, the official DC paper and everything. Wow, and, hey, and again, love. what? So so that is a page and a panel and a thing that you've loved for when did this issue come out? Thirteen, oh. fourteen years ago? Yes, something like that. Okay, and on the whim that we do this, and on the whim you get to revisit that page. And on the whim that you check if he still has the page available and that not only are you able to buy it, but he gets it to you that quick. Yep. And that's pretty amazing.
0: And Joe, I just want to say, because it's Jonah Hex, ridiculously cheap. Yeah. Ridiculously. Under $300.
1: Well, listen, over $30. I'm sweating, you know. Oh, come on, Joe. I'm not the enabler. You are.
0: Come on. You know what pay artwork goes for these days.
1: I I do, but you know I'm I'm cheap. Anyway, I, one of us is happy, so that's all that matters. I, I'm happy for you because uh, again, how much you talked about that page, and like I said, all the the kismet of it all that. You know, we revisited all these years later. You go and you check it out, and it's available, and it's priced reasonably well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all these things hit perfectly. I- I'm happy that you got that page. That's really I, cool.
0: I am, too. Into the uh, exhibition it goes, the Hall of Hex, Joe.
1: Are you going to take that on tour as well or no?
0: I, I, You know what? I'm thinking of doing it. I'm thinking of taking it to every con that the Rob goes to, taking the Hall of Hex. The exhibition, if you will.
1: So thank you for sharing that with us, of course. Um, sharing with you while you're over at longboxheroes.com. Be sure to check out all the other stuff uh that we have to offer for you. Whether it be our store, a little button there. You can get shirts and pins and stickers with our fancy logo on them. Uh you can head over to our T public store at Longbox or at TinyURL.com/slash longboxheroes. Next week, because that's when the 35% off sale is, where you can get all those designs inspired by this show, Long Bucks Years After Dark, Addouts with Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, and a shirt honoring the Jingle Meister himself. who does a lot of the bumpers and middle stuff that you hear on these shows and shows in the soon-to-be-named network, David Kincannon, the Jingle Meister. You get them on shirts and phone cases and notebooks and all sorts of stuff there, so that's really cool. Uh, you can also check out our Patreon uh, for 5 bucks a month. Uh, You get two bonus shows uh, previewing the past where Todd and I look at that month, 30 years ago's previews catalog to see what the world of comic books looks like. We're a month off of Jim Lee's X-Men number one. Uh, We had a lot of big stuff, a lot of creators seeing some of their first work. uh, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, people like that showing up, uh, seeing how the catalogs are handling new movie releases like Terminator 2 and the like. And also six never-seen movies, Todd assigns me six movies I've never seen before, I assign Todd. Six movies he's never seen before, Uh, this month we're going to be recording Rocky Horror Picture Show. And also you get After Dark, three days before everyone else, so you can get the show in the correct listening order. And you can get a lot of those same stuff for a buck a month, just a little bit later than the $5 folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also make any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click-through at the top of the page at longboxheroes.com. Does not cost you anything extra, but it gives us a little bit of a kickback. They call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the advertising fee. Yes, sir. Some of the notable purchases and some big boy purchases in here as well. Uh, we have somebody... Purchased Genki I, I'll guess, an integrated course in elementary Japanese. Uh, Before my wife and I had a child, we attempted to learn Japanese. Uh, There was a chance that we were going to get an opportunity, there's that word again, to travel to Japan. Uh, It did not pan out. But Japanese is a very difficult language to read and write and speak and understand. So I say good luck. Uh, I hope you do it very well. Uh, with that course that you got through the click-through. Somebody purchased a lot of 132-millimeter round bases for Warhammer uh, 40,000. That's like a miniatures game. Mm -hmm. Uh, A USB hub-powered Rosenway uh, three-port splitter thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Somebody also purchased a DigitNow Bluetooth record player turntable. And somebody also purchased a full-blown, you know, Nintendo Switch. So, oh boy, that's a big boy purchase.
0: Right. I like the idea of you learning Japan. Were you going to go do commentary in the Tokyo Dome? Because I'd give that seven stars.
1: I think it would have been Tokyo Dome adjacent was the plan that fell through.
0: I could see the Tokyo Dome from where I'm doing
1: commentary. And, hey, I want to mention to you, the listeners... If there's, there's another way that you could help us out this month. And I say this month up until uh, August 6th. Okay. Um, Amazon has all these little different things like bounties and so forth. When you sign up for one of their programs, we get a little bit of a kickback. Well, up until August 6th, if you sign up for the free trial of Amazon Prime Video, we get, instead of a $2 kickback, a $10 kickback. Ooh. And again, it's the free trial. Even if you sign up for it on a Monday and you cancel on a Tuesday, we still get that $10, they call it a bounty, for getting you to try uh, the free trial of Amazon Prime. A lot of people probably already have Amazon Prime Video. If you have Amazon Prime, you have Prime Video. But there are people out there that now you could piecemeal parts of what the Prime product is at Amazon. If you don't have Prime Video, like I said, use our link, sign up for the free trial. Just for a day, and we get 10 bucks.
0: Right. Sounds like a plan.
1: So, uh, I think that's it. I moved uh, uh, Art Attack up earlier because I was excited to see what that piece was that you got.
0: Smart move. It was a great piece.
1: Yeah. Let's get into our spoiler-filled discussions of Legends of Tomorrow, Loki, and Black Widow. So, if you did not watch, don't want them spoiled, etc., we bid you adieu. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Longbox Heroes, episode 563, and I'll give everyone a second to run away while we do that. I figure we will save Black Widow for last. I think so. I think that's the bigger release of the uh last several days. I agree. Okay. Let's get with Loki, since that's the oldest of everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh
1: this episode title was Loki Journey into Mystery.
0: <laughs> great title.
1: Which I've heard before once or twice. Mm-hmm. So um do you want to take point on this or do you want me to take point on this since you already got a chance to talk to about talk about it a little bit
0: I'll with let Chris you take on point Fortress on of
1: Comics news?
0: I'll let you take point. So
1: Okay. Uh so uh we essentially find out that when you get pruned, uh one of the branches, of course, uh, you are not annihilated completely. Uh you are essentially forced um, To the end of time to avoid where all of these things go to. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's just a big giant collection of all of these things, which is where our low key played by Tom Hiddleston is where we saw in that post credit sequence where there was the uh, what did we say? There was the kid low key. They in the show call it future or old low-key, but classic low-key, boastful low-key, and of course alligator low-key that thankfully was CGI'd because that thing took some punishment. <laughs>
0: right. No uh. alligators were harmed in the filming of the TV show.
1: Yes. So they, the the council of low-keys, are attempting to formulate a plan while Sylvie uh, is back at the, uh, the, the what, what's the name of the? The TVA the DVA uh, with Ravona, who obviously is up to something. These two are attempting to cat and mouse each other. And is like, well, if you work with me, Sylvie, we can go get Loki. Uh, you know, let me look up this thing of a uh, spacecraft that we have, this void spacecraft. And as the uh, filing system is looking, 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 Sylvie figures out there is no spacecraft. This is just her killing time for the rest of the guards to show up to try to get me. So she makes a break for it. She grabs the gimmick and Sylvie prunes herself with the information that it does not kill her. It just sends her to that void. Sylvie ends up joining up with Owen Wilson, who was also there because he was pruned at the end of last episode. They meet up with the Council of Lokis. There we find that boastful Loki had sold the other Lokis that he was with out to the rest of the other Loki's that are all working together. And did you notice they all have the vote for Loki President President Loki buttons on?
0: Yes, like that. I always, I felt like that that Loki was the main Loki, and then all, these were weren't all Loki's that, that he found. They were just people he got to follow them because right. they were wearing like horns with like bicycle handlebars on them and everything. I <laughs> loved it. Was the, the 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 makeshift Loki's were the best. And to see alligator Loki eat, uh, uh, vote for me, Loki, to to eat his hand, a la Captain Hook, another Disney product. I was like, this is just
1: ridiculous. So there's a giant, like, smog monster, I think, that they borrowed from Lost, that Mm -hmm. is protecting something. And our Loki, Tom Hiddleston's idea is, is we're going to kill it. Sylvie's like, you're a dope. The idea isn't to kill it. The idea is to get around it. Because it's obviously protecting something. They do, they get around it, and then that's where our episode ends.
0: I thought this episode
1: was great. I'm leaving out a lot of stuff, but again, we got a lot to go over, you know?
0: Right. There's just one or two things I want to touch on because they send uh, Owen Wilson back with the time pad that Sylvie brought. Because the time pad doesn't take you where they need to go because there's no destination on the other side of time. So he goes back, and I love the line. He's like, I'm going to go back and burn it down. Thank you for the spark, Loki. I was like, that's a great line. And then Richard E. Grant as classic Loki fighting the smog monster. I loved it. But now as they're going towards that castle, that's wherever. I guess that's where the people who, who actually created everything are supposed to be. I'm down to it's either classic Loki, kid Loki, or Miss Minute. The, the filing girl, the little yeah, like those are the ones I just feel like you can't have it be somebody we haven't seen yet. If that makes any sense, like you just can't have like, oh, in the last episode, here's our villain that we haven't established at all. And I'll get to that when we get to Black Widow. But um, I don't know. Th- those are my picks. I would love it to be Dr. Doom's castle because he had a time platform and he time travels. But my wish of it always being Dr. Doom never works out.
1: Oh, well, listen, you, you Dr. Doom in one hand, and I'll uh, Kang in another hand, and we'll see which one happens first. <laughs> All right. Mm. But. Glory so, is purpose. Go ahead. Right. I thought it was good, and I know you said that you're staying up late to see the episode. I think I'll just wake up extra early to see the episode. Yep. Uh, So uh, I'll let you take point on uh, Legends of Tomorrow. How about that?
0: Yep. So they end up, uh, so Barad, it's Barad's, I don't know how it works when you're in the time stream, but it's his birthday. So he's all like, yeah, they're going to like, you know, have a surprise party for me and do this, do that. And um, the rest of the team created some kind of time thing that can find the aliens falling through space. Um, So they're like, oh, we're going to go back and do this. And the whole time Barad's like, hey, laying down his clues that his birthday, nobody's picking them up. They end up going back and they find out that it's in the certain year of Barad's childhood. That is his favorite show called, what is it? Bud. I forget actually, but it's like a, it's two people of his heritage that just like, they're like uh Harold and Kumar. They do uh, marijuana and stuff like that. So he's like, Oh, you you brought me here for my birthday. They figure it out. They let him go Spooner and Sarah go off to find the thing. Of course, Spooner messes it up and shoots the the pod and the alien lands on the show and it turns into Harold Kumar meet Alf kind of a deal, thereby changing the sitcom and time and changing Barad from the guy we all know and love into like a materialistic businessman and everything. And he slowly changes his hair. But Astra kind of likes it, Joe. <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, so then they have to go down and figure out how to get the, the, the baby alien, which is bonded to the director, which is the star's brother. Um, there's a whole bunch of sitcom stuff in there and jabs at the writer's room. Um, while that's going on, Heatwave finds out that his daughter in this time, because they're slightly in the future, is uh, pregnant. So he goes off to have a discussion with her. Doesn't go well. And he goes to find the father and they have a talk. He's going to murder him, but he doesn't because they end up having a talk and, uh, you know, they smooth everything out um, because he doesn't want his grandkid to not have, you know, two loving parents the way his daughter did. Um, And in the end, they end up saving time by uh, by bonding with the alien and saving the day, and then, but they also find out that Rory's pregnant from the alien that he had tentacle sex with. So, all around uh, an interesting episode. I liked it. Obviously, the whole thing with, uh, you know, Barad seeing himself, you know, on TV is interesting. I, you know, can't understand it. White guy with a beard, as we always say. But I wish they did more meta, making fun of themselves in the writers' room. They did it like two or three times, and I was like. This could have been way more fun with, uh, with, uh, like stuff like they end up doing the golf cart car chase. Cause obviously somebody's like, can't we get a car chase in one of these shows? <laughs> like more of that would have been fantastic.
1: So, uh, the name of the show was Bud Budsty, okay. Bud Stye, Yes.
0: Which I don't understand.
1: Uh, so it's supposed to be like Bed Do or Die, New York. Oh. Okay, but it's like a it's a lazy pun to get like weed references in there, right?
0: See, I thought his name was like Bud, and then his it was Bud was weed, and then his apartment was a sty, so it was Bud's sty. I don't, I didn't get it, but go ahead, sorry.
1: So, uh, I, I like this episode just fine. Uh, I like the B story stuff because we actually got Mick doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the twist at the end where Mick is pregnant now, and like uh they were catching up uh what's her face on everything that was going on while she was inside the totem right yes oh yeah I forgot about that sorry and she's like oh yeah all of that makes sense that seems like exactly what would be going on and then when Gary gives the reveal about Mick having the things laid in his uh laid in his ear I always say to my kid whatever whenever one of us has a bug on him and like he'll freak out or my wife will freak out or I have a bug on me. And I'm like, oh, I don't care. Whatever. You know, right. <laughs> and my kid's like, oh, there's a bug on you. I'm like, oh, I hope it lays eggs on me. Come on, let's go.
0: <laughs> right. But I did like uh, the, the but, Zari, I have
1: nitpicks, but go ahead, go ahead.
0: The Zari thing. I forgot about that where she, she, they could trade places in the totem with these wrist devices. So it's like the cosmic Marvel, Captain Marvel, you clang them together and you trade places, I guess, Joe. I guess. I like, I like that. I don't know. That's that's immediately what I thought of. What were your nitpicks, Joe?
1: Okay. So uh, they're attempting to get meta and cute in regards to a TV show, okay? And there's a TV show that's like a low-end stoner comedy. They want it to be like more true. The producer guy wants it to be more like uh, network friendly and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to act or pretend like I know what happens on a production of a TV, you know, a TV set or something. Right. But it's just like, oh, an alien falls into the thing. It's like, let's just roll with it and, like, make it part of the show, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Nate shows up and completely goes off script after auditioning for the part of the landlord on the show. He goes completely off script and we're just like, no, 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 we'll, we'll just use this. This is, you know, something. I don't think that's how sitcoms are actually made. What, and somebody and it, would have yelled cut? I think someone would have yelled cut. I think they would have reshot the scene the correct way. I think they would have rebuilt the set. Um, I think they would have attempted, like, oh, look at this neat animatronic that just showed up that's not in the script and fell out of the sky. Let's go find the guy who made it. No, no one made it. Well, let's just change the entirety of the show out of this thing that fell out of the ceiling that we don't know what it is, right? But, and, Joe...
0: This is the show that last week ended with them throwing the narrating cowboy off the spaceship.
1: That was two weeks ago. And I'm okay with the, the legends doing nonsensical stuff. But when they start interacting with this, like, there was just something about this the way that I'm like, this isn't how a TV, would, a TV show would be produced. Somebody would say something. Somebody oh. would stop something. <laughs> Somebody would do something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know the director saw that it was comedy gold, and he and he let the cameras roll. Sometimes you have to do that, Joe. Some of the best scenes in Hollywood are because the director did that. maybe okay i like i said i just I didn't care i I zone out on some of that stuff, and you know it's all good
1: yeah there, like I said every now and then there's certain things that i i I focus on you know that really bugged me, and that was just one of them.
0: Right. Wigs? No wigs this week?
1: No wigs this week, at least that I could tell, you know?
0: Okay. Even when Barad, his hair was getting perfect?
1: Uh, I just slicked back. It was okay. It was probably his okay. regular just making hair. sure. Yeah. Just making sure.
0: So, Black Widow.
1: All right, so Black Widow. uh Marvel Cinematic Universe is back. Uh, and we had Black Widow. And this takes place... What, in between the events of Civil War and Infinity War? Yep. Uh, right. Uh, so, uh, short answer. Okay, so the, the the logistics of this, we get the bit at the beginning where we see uh, Natasha and Yelena. And side thing I have to say is, so, uh, because of my Marvel Puzzle Quest game, one of the only video games I play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yelena is and has been in the game for a long time, Yelena Belova. Mm-hmm. And uh, us hilarious people would always say Yelena Baloney. Of
0: course you would.
1: Of course, because that's hilarious. So that, I was like, oh, it's Yelena Baloney. All right. Yeah, and big apparently baloney. she's uh, Florence Pugh, the actress who plays Yelena Baloney, mm-hmm. uh, is like some sort of big, uh, seriously actor people. And I saw uh, a bunch of, and listen. I follow a couple film snobs on Twitter, and uh, they were like, oh, thank goodness this movie's coming out because we get our Florence Pugh back. And I always want to just chime in and say, she's in the Hawkeye TV show.
0: Shh, don't upset them. They don't know yet.
1: I know. They don't know yet. They don't know yet. I. They don't know that she likes cash and paychecks. <laughs> right. They think she's an artist. <laughs> That's how art gets made. It is. You do the one for them, and then you do the one for you, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's uh, Yelena and Natasha as children in Ohio. Um, they have their mother. Their father comes home, uh, played by uh, the great David Harbour. Uh, and I don't think it was inten- – I-, I definitely think it was intentional that that scene, even though it was supposed to take place in 1995, was to very much have, like, Stranger Things-esque vibes to it. Oh, I totally. And I did uh-huh. not
0: realize the mother was Rachel Weiss for for a while.
1: It wasn't until the end uh, when she was the mom in the beginning, and then they show up and she she's in the pig farm and she's got like the hair all done up, you know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until she's in the black widow suit and I'm like, hey, that's Rachel Weiss. <laughs> yep. Um. So, uh, David Harbor comes home. He tells them that like, oh, it's time to go. They leave, and very subtly, they escape. They go to their, uh, okay, so not very subtly. So they go to their thing. They get in their car. They drive away, leave that, and it's been a while since I've seen a new movie, and as they're leaving, and Natasha goes to grab the photo album, and the mom's like, no, leave it. We don't have time, and the camera just lingers a second or two later on, and I'm like, oh, that's going to be important later, or that's going to come back later, or that's a plot point, you know? Right. Um, so they go to their airport hangar because they need to get out. They need to get to Cuba because uh, they're all Russia's, Russian spy sleeper agents. Uh, obviously, uh, David Harbour and Rachel Weiss know this. Uh, Natasha knows this. But Yelena Baloney is just a little kid. She don't know this. She just thinks this is what her life is, right? She don't know right. any better. Um, and while they're doing this like very subtly to get things out of the way, we get to see David Harbour just like lift up like this giant tractor and toss it, Right. That was a cool, quick thing, yeah. Yeah, just real quick. If you're not paying attention, you're like, oh, that's what he is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they fly away. They escape, not without incident, of course. The mom gets shot. They land, and at this point where the family is separated because they have the disc. They have the thing that David, David Harbour was sent there for. The girls get separated. Now we flash to current day, which is right after Civil War leading up to the events as mentioned of infinity war and yelena uh has been out there attempting to free the girls that were part of the red room and they did like a real cool like montage over the opening credits to that cover version of the nirvana song Mm -hmm. um come as you are which i thought was really well done that was a great version right um and again, we'll, we'll bounce all over the place with this, but Yelena's whole thing is that she has, like, this, this mist or these vials or whatever it is that's going to free the other girls that have been brainwashed or part of the Red Room. Um, she gets caught, so she sends it to what she knows was Natasha's last safe house. The mail from the old safe house gets forwarded to the new safe house. As Natasha is leaving, she runs a afoul of Taskmaster. More on Taskmaster as we get into it. This is a spoiler-filled discussion, so spoilers, everyone. Um, and that's now the crux of the film, where um, Natasha and Yelena Bologna are hatching their plan. One, to get their makeshift family back together, but also to take down Dracov's Red Room. And, uh, you know, we can kind of fill in the gaps from there.
0: Right, right. Um, so I did like that, uh, the taskmaster, like some of the moves that he had, cause they actually, that, uh, he had, I'm saying, but, uh, we'll get there he did like some of like, when he attacks Natasha, it was the, uh, like the, the shield flip and all that stuff. And you can kind of see it come up in, in the, the iPad piece thing, like his, vi- the vision I keep saying he, um, but, uh, like it would be a captain America move or a Hawkeye move or everything like that. And then later, like. Just Taskmaster is really cool throughout this in the fact that like when you'll uh when Baloney and Black Widow team up, he Taskmaster shows up and he they're in that big like tank. There's no finesse with Taskmaster at all. It's always a hammer instead of a scalpel. So I kind of really like this chase scene and overall. Um, a lot of it to me just feels like one of the best James Bond movies I've ever seen, which there's even a nod to of uh, Natasha re-watching, uh, I think uh, uh, it was Moonraker, but I'm not 100% sure, of James Bond movies. So I love that. Uh, that's kind of cool. I like all the, the stuff with that. And Yolanda was a really great uh, character. I like how she differs from uh, from Natasha, especially making <laughs>
1: fun of Yolanda, you said Yolanda, Yolanda you mean Elena baloney
0: yeah Yelena. um I'm gonna say that a lot and I'm gonna keep calling taskmaster he um but uh i, I like how she's Yelena's different and making fun of Natasha of the uh the moves that she does you know what I mean she's just like, oh you're always doing this like people are watching you, so I thought that that was like really cool,
1: so, so um I did my best to avoid stuff about this this movie mm-hmm Um, I really liked this. Maybe it's because I've gone through movie withdrawal over the last year and a half. You know, I've watched a couple movies. It's mostly older stuff and like stuff for my kid. You know, I watch like the Pixar stuff that's come out over the last year and kids movies and stuff like that. But, uh, I would absolutely watch this again. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, me as an old man with kids, even though it's a PG 13, they, they sure do say lots of swears in this.
0: I thought that also, I also thought that,
1: uh, far too many swears, uh, for me. And of course, uh, as I mentioned, um, I think it's me. I'll, I'll take the hit on this one. As I mentioned at the beginning where we get the, the deal of the photo album and they just linger just a second too long. As mm-hmm. they're leaving on that photo album, I'm like, oh, that's going to be important, right? And it right. does end up being important because their mother, Rachel Vice, has it at their house after she gives Natasha the speech about, like, oh, we have to leave the past in the past or whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, the bit when Yelena and Natasha are talking about how Natasha's like, no, no, I killed uh, Drakov. He's dead. Mm-hmm. And she's like, are you sure? Did you see a body? And she's like, no, I know he's dead because I killed his daughter. Yep, like, she, Yep,
0: yeah, go ahead. Sorry,
1: no, no, go ahead.
0: I was saying because if she if she would be with him, and I ended up killing her, and uh, I was like, Ugh. like I wonder who that daughter's going to turn out to be, Joe.
1: Well, as soon as right, as soon as they as soon as they said that, I'm like, oh, the daughter's taskmaster.
0: Yep, yeah, that was the one that I agree was just telegraphed. A mile away.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's like, oh, man, I, I figured out this really super secret thing. And I'm like, no, no, they give you such obvious clues about it. Like, it's supposed to be a big reveal. And it is a big reveal. And I'm glad that that's something that didn't get spoiled on me going into it. But the movie itself spoiled it for me. and I'm gl- I, I wonder if there was something in, like, one of the trailers or something that may have spoiled that as well. Because I didn't watch any of the trailers for this either. I didn't see
0: really other trends, but that's what I was talking about. Loki with like the villain. It was like, all right, so Taskmaster has to be somebody I've seen. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. like it's like Chekhov's Taskmaster. And I'm like, okay, it's not the mother and it can't be the guard, a red guardian. Cause he's in prison. You know what I mean? Like they have to go get him. Like it's not Yelena. It's obviously not Natasha. I'm like, all right, there's a chance. There's a chance that it's the mother and it's not Drake yeah. So I'm like it has to be Dracoff's daughter. I'm like there's nobody left in this movie. There's such this is such a small cast beyond, and then Cannon Fodder. You know what I mean? So it has to be one of those and I was like, "Yep, it's it's the daughter." So I thought that like it was done well and I didn't care. <laughs> I'm not one of those like yeah. people online that you ruined Taskmaster. I was like, "Ah, I'm of the mind now the Marvel Cinematic Universe is different. So I just roll with all the changes."
1: Right. Uh, We had the bit, as you mentioned, of Yelena Bologna teasing uh, Natasha for doing the pose Mm -hmm. and the hair flip whenever she does like her fighting and everything. And as they're breaking into the red room, uh, Yelena Bologna does it herself and she kind of like curses herself for doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, When they're comparing their gear and their outfit and stuff, uh, Yelena Bologna has the uh, the vest with the pockets on it. And like, oh, this is her secret, the Rob origin right. With all the pockets. Um, and then they... So, uh, of course, I would say... Um, uh, what's his... Uh, David Parler was awesome. As Red Guardian, Alexi, uh, whatever you want to call him. He was great. He was essentially the comic relief of the movie. Mm-hmm. But it's essentially, if there was a James Bond movie where the Captain America analog is the comic relief, that was him.
0: I, I equate him to a, how well do you know James Bond movies, Joe?
1: Ah, uh, you know, I know there's an odd job or something, and I know, yeah. uh, I know what's her face. Uh, Denise Richards is a nuclear physicist, so yeah. the movies there's... are the The movies are high fantasy.
0: It was her name was Merry Christmas, um, but <laughs> uh, no, that to me, Red Guardian was Jaws. Okay. And all, all the things. Cause Jaws like defies like physics and stuff like that. Like he'll fall out of a plane and hit the ground and get up and brush himself off and walk away. Kind of a deal. Um, right. That's the, like, he was the comedy relief of that. And they even end up showing Jaws in that one scene. I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. So,
1: so he's, he, so he, uh, David, uh, David Harbor laments that he goes and he was, Ale- or uh, uh, dracov's right-hand man he does all the jobs for him and then they just put him into a prison to keep him quiet natasha and yelena break him out and that's a really cool scene where they break him out and mm-hmm. you know how they get the earpiece to him how he causes the big riot how he has this big heightened sense of reality that he's captain america's equal um... he fought him in
0: 1980 joe
1: <laughs> Except for the guy that comes up to him is like, no, Captain America was still frozen in ice in 1980.
0: And then he Lex Lugers his arm, Joe.
1: Oh, my goodness. Wouldn't we say Conor McGregor to be more timely? I just know that one reference, so. Okay. Um, so they break him out. There's the big avalanche. And then they end up going to Rachel Vice's farm. And he's like, we're going to get everyone together. And we get the bit where she named one of the pigs after him. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get the big reveal of the final plan of what? And again, I hate saying you know it's I, I'm saying Rachel Vice. It's Rachel Vice, okay? No, I'm their mother. You. That's when Natasha and her like do a side plan to infiltrate the Red Room, where it looks as though the mother is turning on them, but it's like a double double cross just to get them in there, get their guard down and to tip Natasha off about. And again, we we talk about nitpicky things, okay? Mm -hmm. The fact that Dreykov has anti-kill pheromones that he gives off.
0: That came out of nowhere.
1: (laughs) A very convenient plot device. But it's one of those things where it's like, it's a very convenient plot device that our heroes know about, but we, the audience, don't know that our heroes know this. And Natasha has to let him, Drakov, know that she doesn't know, so that he could reveal the plan, goad Drakov into hitting her, and then we get the flashback sequence of her getting it stooged off. That she has to have her olf uh senses severed so she can't even smell the pheromones but drakov is an old fat weak man and he can't do it so natasha has to smash her own face on the table to break her own nose so that she can beat up drakov does all of this sound ridiculous yes was it awesome yes
0: i can't believe she gigged herself joe
1: oh my goodness
0: and and i was creeped out when she said it again but she said what 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 again when she set her nose again?
1: Oh yeah, that's okay.
0: No, like that's I don't like that because I've never had my olfactory nerve severed, and I don't want it to happen. So I don't no. I don't like the idea of having to have it set either. So icky icky icky.
1: <laughs> but all in all, I really like this movie. Uh, you know, I see a lot of people. It's like, oh whatever, it was fine. Blah blah blah. But uh, I really liked it. I had a lot of fun with it, and I will and would watch again. You know, I watched yep. it alone, and when my wife comes back, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, we're gonna watch Black Widow. It was really good."
0: Right. And now with Taskmaster, we've set up the new Hawkeye for the Dark Avengers, and at the end, uh, we get a we get a uh, after credit scene that leads into the Hawkeye TV show with uh, which was supposed to be our our first appearance of uh, Shield yep. Elaine. And, right, Shield uh,
1: Elaine, yes.
0: Yes. So, she, Valentina or Val, what's her I forget her name. But she shows up and she offers uh Yolena the job to kill the person who actually killed Black Widow, and it's Clint Joe. It's Clint, even though he didn't so much kill her as she took her own life. So
1: she sacrificed herself to save him.
0: Right, to get the stone.
1: Right. But I don't and, think oh, when, when when Yelena Bologna goes to the uh the uh the the site where Natasha is buried and she does the whistle, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, they better not have like the whistle callback, you know what I mean? Where like she hears the whistle off in the distance and like looks around and it's like, oh, is it really her? You know, something like that. I'm glad they did this, where it was uh evil Elaine showing up to give uh Yelena Bologna the the thing to go kill Clint.
0: Right. Though I do like the fact that Natasha's headstone is the way they uh, that they kind of said that her mother's might have been, even though it yes. had Unknown written on it. That was nice. Nice callback.
1: Uh, again, but I'll say it one more time. I really liked this a lot. I enjoyed it. Um, oh. If you didn't watch it, go out of your way. I'll say this. If you enjoyed, now I'm not saying it's as good because to me it,
0: it's not, but if you liked, you know, uh, Winter Soldier, Civil War, uh, Cap Falcon, that kind of genre of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the espionage and that kind of action. This fits right in with that. That's why I was like. I'm watching this. I'm like, yep, this is the side of Marvel C- that I love. I love it every time they do it. And they seem to, to nail it. And I, I say, if you like that, watch this movie. I don't think you'll be disappointed.
1: I could see people get a little bit upset because it being a little bit too jokey with uh the david harbour stuff because he's like essentially like a comedy character Mm -hmm. but i enjoyed it all you know
0: right i think there was good comedy in uh civil war and to a lesser extent some of uh i think winter soldier was probably the most serious of them but uh yeah i get what you're saying
1: yeah you know like we'd get like a quip here or there but like here's like a giant comedy character in the movie you know
0: yeah getting taken down by trank
1: darts right kind of a deal Anyway, but I wouldn't say that this has me excited to see, uh, Shang-Chi or Eternals, but I will be seeing Shang-Chi and Eternals.
0: I say the same, but it does have me excited for Hawkeye.
1: Yeah. Do we have a release date on Hawkeye or no? I don't think so. I don't think
0: we have any release dates on TV shows other than general, like the end of 2021 kind of a deal. Okay. Other than what if, so.
1: Yeah, I think we have up to the summer and that's about it. Let me look. Uh I don't think.
0: Yeah. I try nothing, not nothing,
1: to think. Nothing. Uh now it uh, IMDb claims 2021 question mark for Hawkeye. Oh, okay. No dates, though, but again, it says airs 2021, so I think it'll come out the same day that Hawkins and Broski's Super 7 figures come out. So
0: Hopefully it'll get all those Emmy nominations like The Boys and WandaVision. So. Oh, boy,
1: yeah. We don't really talk about that sort of stuff, but what, The Boys got five and WandaVision got like 23 or something crazy? Yep, I think
0: Boys got it for exceptional cape work, at least.
1: But and the uh, Wanda... creepiest milk-drinking scene.
0: Oh my goodness. But WandaVision with 20 some, I was like. Have we made it as geeks, Joe?
1: Uh, Not us,
0: but our lifestyle.
1: You know, um, I think because we were there at the beginning, we'll always say, like, nah, the, the wheel's gonna turn back the other day, any day now, you know. I
0: think 23 is a bit excessive, though. <laughs> I, I I like WandaVision, but I feel like I feel like I'm not one of those like Snyder Bronies uh, uh, conspiracy theorists, but I think Disney did pay somebody off to get WandaVision 23 (laughs) nomination.
1: I will say this. If I was to speculate, I would say it was probably because it was, it came out during the pandemic Mm
0: -hmm. and there
1: probably wasn't a ton of other stuff already out there.
0: No, I get you that and the payola. (laughs) Both. Right.
1: All right, so thanks, everyone, for hanging in there, bearing with us, everything else. Uh, This is a bigger show than I think maybe you were expecting, especially after last week with me being sick. But uh, again, we got two TV shows and a movie to talk about, so, you know, it takes up a lot of time. It does. Yeah, so uh, closing out episode 563, Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you all here next week.
0: Remember, be a faucet, not a drain.
1: You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.